the fifth Sunday of Lent, also known as Passion Sunday. Our focus shifts somewhat from examining our lives towards Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, towards the Last Supper, towards his betrayal in the Garden of Gethsemane, towards the cross, and ultimately towards the resurrection. Because if we don't walk with Jesus on this journey, how can we possibly reach the resurrection? Yesterday, for me, was such a blessing. Since childhood, in fact, ever since I properly started my faith journey, something which has fascinated me is the Turin Shroud. Anyone else heard of it? That which might be the burial shroud of Jesus. It's hundreds of years old, if not 2,000 years old. And there is absolutely no explanation of how the image was transferred to the linen. No technique we know could possibly do it. It's not paint, it's not sketching, it's not light. Or sort of, it might be light if only you could have such a powerful light ray that we don't even have now. So you wouldn't have had that a few hundred years ago. It's incredible. Here it is, a crucified man. Marks related to a crown of thorns on his head. Marks for a spear in his side. Holes through his hands and feet. Marked forever on a burial shroud. Why was yesterday such a blessing? There's an exhibit at St George's Church, Compark, including a life-size print of the shroud and lots of information about it. Natalie, Bridget and I were able to attend and see this in person. It's even more impressive when you see it life-size than anything you could see on an image. If you get a chance, apparently it's there for a bit longer, so look it up and you might well be able to pop along. The last three, Sunday, last three Thursday evenings even, I've led Stations of the Cross up at St. Philox Church, walking the Via Dolorosa, the way of the cross with Jesus, reflecting upon that journey. And then here, yesterday anyway, is an image, quite possibly, of Jesus at the moment of his resurrection. The film shown at St. George's asked a very interesting question. Is this the world's first selfie? <laughs> the first selfie being Jesus. It was a moving experience for me as this passion tide begins. Reminded that for Jesus' resurrection to happen, his crucifixion had to go first. You can't have one without the other. For the powers of death and hell to be defeated. For God to do a new thing, as prophesied in Isaiah, the first reading today. The cross needed to happen. Much as it is not comfortable to think about, it needs to happen. In fact, I know many dedicated Christians who can't face going to church on Good Friday because they don't want to think about what happened. They want to skip from one joyful thing to another. But then we run the risk of whitewashing that horror, denying something so central to make us feel less disturbed. 
Because yes, the cross is disturbing, uncomfortable, barbaric even. In some Alpha courses, Nicky Gumbel compares wearing a cross around your neck to wearing a model of an electric chair, another implement of execution. But we do it not to glorify the torture, but to rejoice at what happens afterwards. Because death does not win. In today's Gospel reading, we see Mary, Martha and Lazarus again. As always, Martha is serving at table. This time we don't hear her complaining about it. The charisms of ministry between Mary and Martha are visible in this passage. Martha doing practical service, Mary being in Jesus' presence, waiting upon him only, worshipping him. But that is not the focus here. Mary anoints Jesus' feet with costly perfume. I've never been quite sure what nard is. No doubt Jeff will explain it to me afterwards. I couldn't look it up. But. Well, they're very good on perfumes, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever nard is, Mary anoints Jesus' feet. It points to, it is a precursor for Jesus' burial. In this Gospel account, our attention moves towards Jesus' cross and also through Lazarus' presence towards the resurrection. We move in this Lenten season towards the cross. It might be unpleasant, unbearable, heartbreakingly cruel, but it is somewhere we must go. In this passage, we also see Judas, he who would betray Jesus, but someone who, like the cross, was necessary for the resurrection to happen. Was Judas following God's call in betraying Jesus? Is that what Jesus means at the Last Supper when he tells Judas, do what you need to do? We don't know. It brings in another question, one which I'm not going to explore today, but needs pondering sometimes. Is Judas in heaven or hell? After all, he repented after betraying Jesus and played his part in the plan for salvation. Was he just a common thief, or is there more to it? So here in this passage, we have pointers towards Jesus' betrayal, his burial, and ultimately, the resurrection. That is the direction we are called to walk this coming two weeks before Easter. And as we watch the horrors unfolding in Ukraine, we walk with those suffering, looking towards a resurrection hope there, praying that things may recover, that they may be good again, that love will win. Journeying through Lent, reflecting upon the daily lectionary readings at the Eucharist, and walking the way of the cross in stations, this is where we are. The temperature and the pressure of the season has been upped. The liturgical colour has changed from purple to red. It is no longer just a time to examine our lives in an abstract way, giving up things which might hinder <coughs> our relationship with Jesus. 
In a way, we are now beyond that. If we are ever to reach Jesus' resurrection, we must first come to terms with his betrayal, his crucifixion, and his burial. I was reminded of that yesterday as I stood next to a life-size copy of the Turin Shroud, seeing the face of he who might just have been Jesus, standing just an inch or two taller than me, next to me, behind me. I saw in his face and his body the wounds of the thorns, the nails in his hands and feet, the spear in his side, blood on the cloth. Whether or not it is Jesus, and for my scientific brain I can't see any way for it to have been created short of a miracle, so think it must be him. It is a very stark reminder of what Jesus, God made man, the Messiah of God, went through. What Jesus went through for me, what Jesus went through for you, what Jesus went through for all humanity. Because each and every one of us is known and loved by God, no matter what might have happened in our lives up to this point. May we reflect upon this as we walk with Jesus on the way of his cross. And ultimately, may we rejoice in the salvation won for us by Jesus through his resurrection when we get to Easter Day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.